Thank you so much. It is just our great joy to be here. And um, isn't it just been so precious being in God's presence? There, there is there's fullness of joy in his presence, and it is just such a joy to, to worship Jesus. Yeah, I'm, you know, that presence of God in this place, you guys probably are used to it, but um, we travel around churches so we can analyze very quickly whether the presence of God is there or they're just singing songs. Let me tell you, that was fantastic. Just a great sense of God's presence. And the word I was getting um, just for the state of your church right now is healthy. Yeah, there is a real health. There's a real health. Oh, some of you could probably see problems. We can all see them. But from our perspective, that's what I'm sensing in the spirit. Uh, there's real health here. Um, and I, I just, we, we love it. So fantastic. Great to be back in my hometown. Um, I was on the eldership when this place was being built. So that was interesting. So I, I think you've, you've added a few more buildings since then. <laughs> just one or two more. But uh, it's awesome to be, to be back. And actually today, um, what we want to share with you is a prophetic word. See, part of our ministry is we, we do at the end of one year, ask, begin to ask God for a theme for the coming year or the next few years. And so we both seek the Lord and uh, then we, we get stuff um, that we feel he's speaking. We write it down. We don't share it with each other because we don't want to influence each other until we release it publicly uh, which we have been doing this year, so I know what Greta's carrying, but um, you'll see that as she shares for the first few minutes, and then as I come back, um, we believe this is one word that God is saying. He's saying many things, so we trust that you'll receive it and you'll be blessed, and boy, am I looking forward to tonight, combined churches. Wow, that's going to be awesome, and again, we've just got something prophetic that we want to share tonight, and we're believing for a Holy Spirit ministry time as well, so over to you sweetheart. Thank you. You know, as we came into 2022, I just saw a word over the world, uncertainty. And although the uncertainty continues, um, now that we're down in September, I, I have had such a strong sense of anticipation in my spirit about what God is going to do. And he's speaking so many things, but one of the things I feel he is saying is this, Awaken the dawn of a new day. And this is for 2022 and beyond. And a theme threaded throughout this word is joy. We belong to the kingdom of God. And one of its characteristics is joy in the Holy Spirit, regardless of the state of the world. Isn't that so? And I just do have a sense that there are some of you here and those listening online as well that you have lost your joy. They've, you know, it could be different reasons, um, just the simple tiredness, the demands, the difficulties, the pressures of this difficult season. But today, I believe God wants to restore the joy of your salvation. And I would just, if that is you, let's just close our eyes for a minute, and I'd love to just pray that God would fill you afresh with his joy. May the God of hope fill you now with all joy and peace as you trust in him, that you will overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, would you just come and fill hearts afresh with your joy. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And you know, as you make the choice to rejoice in spite of your circumstances, God will continue to fill you with his joy. I've experienced that a number of times in my own life. 
In the days ahead, God is going to manifest himself as the God of light, among other things. And light brings life. We know when God's light shines in our hearts, we receive true life. And in John 10, 10, that is exactly what Jesus said. He said, I've come that you may have life in all its fullness. And this is a scripture that in the past 18 months, David and I have done spiritual warfare with in, in fighting for life. And there'll be some of you where the devil has tried to steal, kill, and destroy things in your life, your family, etc. But I declare what you have lost, you will recover all. What's been damaged, God will restore all. And what has died like hopes and dreams, they will be resurrected in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I just decree life, life in Jesus' name. The God of light. Interestingly, the number 22 symbolizes light. And in 22 and beyond, I feel there will be increasing revelation of light. And these following verses are really relevant for our present times. Long ago, Isaiah prophesied, on those living in the land of darkness, a light has dawned. Just before Jesus' birth, Zechariah prophesied, because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness. And as he held baby Jesus in his arms in the temple, Simeon prophesied, Sovereign Lord, Sovereign Lord, Sovereign Lord, I have seen your salvation, and he literally did, that you prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations. And the revelation of light is for the salvation of the nations. And Jesus is the light of the world, and God wants the world to know. And that's why he's urging us, his church, awaken the dawn of a new day. And he has given us powerful keys to do this. And as this came, and I was writing down what I was sensing, I found both my hands, and I see my hand is actually being covered in oil now, were covered in oil. And that's simply a sign of the Holy Spirit affirming um, his word to us. The first key is worship. Holy Spirit strongly highlighted these extracts from the Psalms. Psalm 100 came many times. Read the whole thing in your own time if, if, you, um, if I could encourage you to do that. But here's one verse. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. And here's why. Psalm 89. Those who know the joyful sound, the call to worship, walk in the light of God's presence. I want to walk in the light of God's presence every day. That's his intention for us. And this one is especially important. We have a slide coming up, Psalm 108. I will sing and make music with all my soul. I will awaken the dawn. Wow, my worship, your worship awakens the dawn. That is the power of our worship. So if I could encourage you, sing over your situation. Sing over Blenheim and this region. And sing over nations God puts in your heart. Praise breaks down strongholds. Praise releases breakthrough. Praise shifts atmospheres. There's such power in praising our God. Second key, the word of God. 
feed on it and declare on it. Declare it. You know, when we declare a thing, it will be established. It's very powerful. Psalm 19 says this of God's word. It revives my soul. It awakens my soul. It makes it fully alive. It brings joy to the heart. There's the joy theme again. And light to the eyes. In other words, it gives revelation. And I pray Ephesians 1.18 over us. May your hearts be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given you. We are carriers of this hope. Light brings hope. So God is calling his people to action. These are Isaiah's 60 days. There is increasing darkness covering the peoples of the earth. We see it in our own nation as well. And he's saying to us, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. And you know, as the church arises and shines, God will fulfill this prophecy the next couple of verses down. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. God is wanting us to be so radiant with shining for Jesus that leaders out in the world will be drawn like moths to a light to, to seek solutions and wisdoms from his church. You know, some months ago when it was autumn, I went for an, an early morning run, so it was dark. And um, it's a route I'd gone many times before. But this morning, this particular morning, there was this cacophony of roosters crowing in unison on either side of the road. Um, it, was, it was so unusual, it caught my attention. And the thought came, roosters herald the dawn of a new day. And I feel that God is saying to us, herald the dawn of a new day to those who sit in the darkness of fear, deception, and hopelessness. Share the good news. Testify of Jesus. Do a kind, simple act. You know, even a kind, simple act, God promises this, that if you do that, then your light will shine out from the darkness, and, and you, the darkness around you will be bright as noon. Isn't that amazing? And here is the final most potent key. Awaken the dawn of a new day for the world. Pray. God intends a great awakening in the nations, and prayer will usher it in. Prayer will be the catalyst for God's will to be done in the earth and for the kingdom of God to break out on the earth. This is what we long to see. And I love that God sends visions and dreams to encourage us to keep praying. And in September last year, I had a dream. And in the dream, I saw revival being birthed by the church in prayer. And there are a lot of specific details, but suffice to say this, there will be the dawn of a new day for sleeping Christians who will wake up. There will be the dawn of a brand new day for unprecedented multitudes who will be born again. So keep praying. That's a, an, an, a, an exhortation to all of us. Keep praying that God in his, his mercy and might will pour out his spirit on all people across the world. Pray that the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us with a fresh visitation of Jesus in our nation and the nations of the world. So in closing, although it looks dark out there, there is hope on the horizon. 
You are a carrier of God's mercy, might, and life, and he is calling us all to awaken the dawn of a new day. Thank you, sweetheart. So God spoke to Greta about awaken the dawn, and, uh, and the thing that he downloaded to me is dawn is coming. So you have got a title slide coming up. And uh, so there was a sort of a, a convergence of those two words. So I'm going to unpack that in a moment. But just to let you know, uh, we've released, uh, I released a new book this year called How to Pray and Change Your World. And uh, Charles Spurgeon said, whenever God wants to do a great work, he first sets his people to pray. There is a global call of the Holy Spirit to the worldwide church to up our level of praying. And I wanted to write what I'd call a guilt-free book on prayer because I, I don't know, I've read some books that kind of, oh, I don't think I could live up to that, you know, and it makes you feel worse rather than better. So I wanted to write a book that would uh, basically encourage people if, you're, if your prayer life's pretty much zero or you're a prayer warrior, this book will really uh, reveal keys and steps to just help you take another step beyond where you are. So uh, people that have been reading it have been saying, this is helping propel me into a new level of prayer. So it's very practical. We uncover the pattern of the prayer that Jesus taught us and, and as a pattern and, and do a whole lot of other things. So you can grab one out there. Is there someone going to take their money? There is. Thank you. And um, FPOS money, what, are that discounted? This is for you guys. So may you be inspired. And just before I get to the word, this young man, Yes, you. Uh, you have really come up levels spiritually in recent years. And I think of an old hymn, I'm pressing on the upward way, new heights I'm gaining every day. And what Paul said, you know, I press, uh, forgetting what lies behind, I press on uh, for the upward call of uh, God in Christ Jesus. There's more for you yet. So keep pushing into God and that transformation that you seek you know, his transforming power, 2 Corinthians 3.18, uh, beholding him, we are transformed from one degree of glory to another. So it's by degree, but be encouraged that if you look back, there's been some degrees of change, and be encouraged there's going to be more, and it's going to be good. And is it Kitty? That's your name, Kitty? Well, that might be what your parents called you, but God calls you Lioness. Yeah, yeah, he does. He does. <laughs> the righteous are as bold as a lion. And I just feel like there's going to be a whole new boldness come on you spiritually in prayer and in whatever ministry, vocation God calls you to do. And the reason that the Lord calls you that is you're a lover of Jesus. And, you know, you've got a, you've got a soft heart like Mary had sat at his feet. And that's the secret to learn to humbly sit at his feet and draw near to him. And then God comes and emboldens us for whatever he's called us to do. I think you'll agree it's been a long night these past few years. Uh, if you want to know where COVID has come from, just look at John 10.10. 10. As Greta mentioned, the thief, that's the devil, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And that's a pretty good characteristic of what we've been through. Uh, but Jesus said, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. You know, millions of people have died from COVID, we have met people that have lost their loved ones to COVID. So uh, we can't, don't want to minimize that. Millions more have been robbed of peace, of freedom, being with family and friends. People have been 
divided over issues relating to COVID. Plans have been wrecked. Others have seen livelihoods destroyed. Churches have been shuttered. Uh, some have closed, never to, to reopen. Um, it's been, you know, talking to many pastors, that a, a great sadness among many pastors of um, division in the body of Christ over issues relating to COVID. And listen, I know there are conspiracies. And the biggest one of all is that Satan will one day install a global government and there will be a global world ruler, world ruler that the Bible calls the Antichrist. And while we need to be aware of that, actually, I'd rather focus on another sign of the coming of the Lord, uh, not the increase of wickedness and evil. We need to be aware of that. But Jesus said this, um, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in every nation, then the end will come. I'd rather focus on getting the job done, the mission done of the gospel of the kingdom. being. And I'm saddened that some have spun out all upset over mandates and vaccines, etc., etc., and have lost sight of uh, the, the ultimate mission is to make that gospel of the kingdom known in every nation and not get sidetracked by the devil. And yeah, there are real issues, and yes, there's anger and stuff like that, but let's get back to Jesus being central, his mission being fulfilled on earth, and I've offended a third of you, but I don't care. We need to get back to the real thing. Okay, preaching to the converted. And, you know, we've been up in the UK for two and a half months this year, and the war in Europe and Ukraine is really close. In fact, we met a Ukrainian refugee family, and they were telling us their story. It's horrific. And so, you know, you got all this stuff going on, this darkness, and I've come all the way from Auckland just to cheer you up with that lot. So, are you, are you feeling encouraged? <laughs> I thought you might not be. But there is good news. There's good news. And Psalm 30 verse 5 says this, Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. Some of you, See, the characteristic of the night is weeping and grief and sorrow. Some of you have walked these recent years in that state of weeping. It's been a night of loss of whatever it might be, friendship, business, finance, jobs, uh, whatever. Uh, people that once walked with you spiritually or literally loved ones that have passed away. But the characteristic of a new day is joy. And I believe that joy is coming with the new day. In fact, Bible commentators say David wrote that after a plague had swept through Israel and had killed tens of thousands of people. And he interceded that the plague be stopped. God stopped it. And so as a consequence, he writes Psalm 30 and that's in it. He knew about weeping because of a plague and pestilence. And, but he says, hey, joy comes with the morning. There's a morning. Awaken, we need to awaken it. Dawn is coming. And so as I was asking the Lord last December for a prophetic word for 2022 and beyond, I was saying, Lord, you know, what would you say? And sometimes God gives you a vision or a dream or you get an impression or you see a sign of something. But this time, God dropped a scripture into my heart, and it came strongly. It was one I'd memorized about 20 years before. It came with such Im impact that I knew that it was the Lord speaking, and it's found in Proverbs 4.18. And it says this, The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. 
And I felt the Lord was decreeing over his righteous people that the next season on planet earth for his church is that, that there will be a dawn of a new day, that it will keep increasing, that his light will keep shining brighter and brighter upon the righteous while the world keeps going if it's following the way it currently is into further and further darkness. The righteous ones will be walking in increasing brightness. Now the question is, who are the righteous? Because if we say if the righteous are the sinless and the perfect, I don't think any, any of us would qualify for that this morning. Here's what the Bible says about the righteous. Romans 4 verse 3. Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. And we understand as believers in Jesus that we have a problem on planet earth. Paul said in Romans 3.23, all have sinned. Every person on planet earth has sinned and fall short of the glory of God. In other words, are separated. Isaiah put it like this, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned each one to his own way. That's a bit like human beings on planet earth, isn't it? And the problem is God is so holy that if we even have one sin, that we commit, break one of his laws, it separates us from a holy God. You talk to Adam and Eve. There was one bite of the fruit, they lost paradise because God's so holy. The other problem is if that sin remains unforgiven and we die and we go to stand before the Lord because straight after death there's an immediate judgment to determine whether you get into heaven or not, if that sin is not forgiven or the sins, plural, in our life are not forgiven and we stand before God, he will say to us, I wanted you to enter into heaven and live with me for eternity. But he's then obligated by his justice to say, because your sin is not forgiven, I have to send you now to a place separated from me and from heaven. And any place where God isn't is hell, because there, there is no love, there's no community, there's no joy, there's no hope, there's no peace, there's nothing. And that, that just, that's just a horrible problem facing the human race. But here's the good news. God the Father so loves fallen humanity that he didn't want anyone to perish. He takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. He wanted all people to have their sins forgiven. So what does he do? He sends his son Jesus, God in human flesh, to planet earth. Jesus shows us what God's like by what he does. But then he dies on a cross crucified by Romans and, and by Pharisees. What is he doing being crucified on a cross, giving his life? He is being a sacrifice for our sin. He is shedding his blood that our sins might be washed clean. The whole of the old covenant shows that there had to be a sacrifice for sin to be forgiven. Jesus, the sinless lamb of God, hangs on a cross and he's dying there for you and for me, shedding his blood that whoever believes that he is the Messiah and Savior of the world has their sins forgiven. 
Like the Bible says in John 1.12, as many that receive him who believe in his name, he gives them power to become a child of God. You don't become a child of God by obeying religious rules. You don't become a child of God by going to church, by giving money into the offering. We do those things once we're a child of God, but that won't make you one. It's your belief that Jesus is Savior. He is the Lord that gave his life for you. And it's your receiving of his Lordship into your life. You're asking of him to forgive you from your sin. And the moment you do, his Holy Spirit comes and lives in you and gives you the power to be transformed from the inside out, degree by degree, so that you become holy. And God declares you the moment you receive Jesus, he declares you totally righteous in his sight. Yes, it's pretty exciting. And you know, in heaven, there are record books kept. If you read the Bible, there are record books that are going to be opened on Judgment Day. It says on Judgment Day, Revelation 20, just read it. The books were open, and then the book of life was open. So God looks at what's in the record book on your life, and depending on what's in there, he'll either reward you or reject you into hell, and he'll just double-check, is your name in the book of life? Now, the thing is, when you believe in Jesus Christ, and you receive him into your life, you know what God does in heaven? He opens your record book, and he takes his heavenly eraser, and he begins to erase every sinful wrong thing. There is no record of wrong left in your record book when you're believing in Jesus. Nothing. It can't be in two places. It was dealt with at the cross. Hallelujah. Your record book is cleansed and he takes his pen and he writes your name in the book of life. And as long as you keep faith in Jesus, all the days of your life, you'll get to heaven. The record book will be open and only good stuff will be there. And that will be the basis of your reward because judgment day for a believer is meant to be a prize giving ceremony. But if you don't know Jesus, it's the opposite. It'll determine how great your punishment in hell will be. See, people are afraid to, we don't want to offend people today, but that's the truth. There's good news and there's bad news. So when God looks at you today, he sees you as totally righteous if you have faith in Christ. Now, I know what you're thinking, but David, I'm not totally righteous. I'm still struggling with this and that. Yeah, you are talking about your condition. I am talking about your position. It is not your condition that saves you. It's your position that saves you. When you step into faith in Christ, you are elevated to a position of total sonship, daughtership. God decrees you righteous. And then the Holy Spirit comes to live in your life. And all throughout your life, he's increasingly working on you to match your condition to your position. Every, uh, you know, every year in God, we should be coming, be becoming more holy, not less holy. And if there's a struggle with sin, turn to the Holy Spirit and ask him to give you the power to overcome because he's been sent into your life. And the grace of God that brings salvation will help you say no to ungodliness and worldly passion and live a self-controlled, upright, and godly life in this present age. Titus 2, 11 and 12. Read the Bible. The power is there for us to live a holy life, but it's going to be progressive until you finally step over into heaven as a perfected spirit. So as long as you've got faith in Jesus this morning, he looks at you and sees you as 100% righteous. You see, it's not a smart thing to abandon faith in Christ. If you step outside of faith in Christ, well, you're on your own. You no longer wear that robe of righteousness because only, you only wear it as you maintain faith in Christ. And some Christians have abandoned their faith. Well, we pray that God will bring the prodigals home, amen? 
and maybe people detour for a while, but we pray that there's a seed in there that God will water and bring them home. And what I've just preached to you is the gospel of salvation, the gospel of how our sins can be forgiven. And I've taken time deliberately because I think it needs to be laid out clearly. All that to say, if you have faith in Jesus, you're one of his righteous ones. So that promise, the path of the righteous being like the light of dawn that shines brighter, is for you. Now, you've got to say, what's the light of dawn like? Uh, well, we're on a, firstly, we're on a path, the path of the righteous. We're not wandering in circles. It's felt a bit like that the last few years, hasn't it? Kind of like you make a plan, you can't do it. It's just, we, you know, one th- it's all changing. It's like quicksand. We're coming out of it, thank, thank goodness. And... Uh, Tom and Susan will know this, but we were at the Elam UK conference this year in Harrogate, England. Been there a number of times, and you guys visited, I, I don't know, if you, is it once or t- twice? And the, the conference center, the auditorium's up on about the third level, and to get up to it, you have to take a big winding sort of, it's not a staircase, it's like a smooth path, but you, you go up this thing and it ascends. And it feels like you're just walking around, but you're walking around in circles, you know? It's like, and you're going up three levels, you're just walking big circles all the time, but actually you're ascending. You're getting somewhere. See, we're on a path. And, and I believe what the Lord wants is that we've come out of this season further on in God than when we went into it. And it may not feel like that to some of you, but that's a lie of the enemy. You are further on than you've ever been. You've got more wisdom than you've ever had. You've got more enlightenment than you've ever had. And you've been exposed to difficult things more than you ever wanted to be. But how many know these light and momentary afflictions work for us an eternal weight of glory? It gives you greater reward in heaven. Difficult times... You're never going to be immune to them. Jesus said, here on earth, you'll have many trials and sorrows. It was a very encouraging word from the Lord, that one. But then he said, but take heart, I've overcome the world. And if the spirit of Jesus lives in us, you're going to overcome. Trials and sorrows, there's nothing wrong with that. That's just part of living in a fallen world where wicked people still walk about and the devil's still not locked in hell yet. And, and so that, but Psalm 23 says this, the Lord is my shepherd. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. And God's destiny for you is to guide you along a right path that ultimately will bring honor to his name. See, you're not on planet earth just for you to, achieve greatness, you're on planet earth to bring honor to him. And if you have an attitude of bringing honor to him, he will give you greatness. He will bless you greatly, but it always has to be for him. And so the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn. What's that like? I didn't know what that was like until I married Greta. Uh, I, I, Jane had multiple sclerosis, so she was in a wheelchair for 20 years, my first wife, Jane, and and, um, and then when God healed me of the grief of her loss and I started to think about remarriage, um, I just prayed, Lord, it'd be really nice to have a healthy, fit wife. Um, and Greta lost her husband, Ron. God brought us together and she's right into health and fitness. But when, when we got married, I was shocked to discover that she would get up between 4.30 and 5 each day. And I mean, I was an early riser, but come on, that early? And every second day, she would go running. And I thought, this is crazy. And I read some quips about early morning, and I started agreeing with them. This person said an alarm clock is a mechanism to use to scare the daylights into you. <laughs> anyone, anyone who sleeps like a baby doesn't have one. 
All the young mums are saying, yeah, we know that. There ought to be a better way of starting the day than having to get up. <laughs> so, so it was a bit of a culture shock. Anyway, Greta's converted me. I now love 5 a.m. or sometime between 4.30 and 5 a.m. starts. And every second day we go, well, I go walking because I'm less athletic. She goes running. And, but it's great being out there, you know, it, it's quiet and you can talk to the Lord and it's an awesome thing. But of course, this time of the year, all the birds are going crazy. They are chirping and singing, where's my mate, where's my mate, or whatever they're doing, territorial stuff. And they are singing their heads off because in the natural, dawn awakens song. But in the spirit realm, song awakens dawn. And Greta put a scripture up. And, and God gave me, not the same scripture, but almost identical, Psalm 57, verse 8, where David says, wake up, my heart, wake up, O musical instruments, I will wake the dawn with my song. God is calling you and me to wake up. The world's in a mess. The church can't sleep anymore. When the church stands up, and we'll talk a bit about the kind of spiritual fire that God is releasing in this evening's meeting across the church worldwide. When the church wakes up, I tell you what, things are going to happen, and we need to awaken the dawn with our song. What does that mean? You don't wait for your circumstances to change before you start singing. You start singing, and your circumstances will change. You might still... You might still be in the nighttime of darkness. Your circumstances may be you're not yet in the dawn of a new day. You're still in night. Some of you are in the dawn of a new day. Things have changed. Things are looking up, and that's great. And there's a message coming for you in a minute. But you might be in the night. Start singing to that. Start praising God. Start saying like the psalmist, um, uh, why be downcast, O my soul? Put your hope in God. I will yet praise him, my God and my rock. He will put a new song in my mouth. Many will see and fear and put their trust in him. I tell you what, for the 20 years Jane was in a wheelchair, I quoted that the whole time. Because I didn't feel like singing. It was depressing. It was a horrible situation for her. And I was her caregiver for 16 years. But I had to say, God, you're going to put a new song in my mouth. A hymn of praise to my God, many will see and fear. And Greta and I just get to go around different nations sharing the good news. He really is the God that brings us through the valleys and the trials and the difficulties. He really does. But you start singing to your dawn and it will come. You start praying into your dawn. You start prophesying into your dawn, declaring it. Don't let Satan steal your song in 2022. Through fear, through bad news. I'm sorry, the news is hopeless. It's garbage. Left-wing radicals are all the editors. Gone quiet in the room. Am I getting political or something? We record it and just, we are pressing the fast-forward button many times. <laughs> Some of my friends don't even watch it. They've done a pretty good job on the Queen, I have to say that. The thing about dawn is it's faint light, it's twilight. Um, it's murky. It's like you're out there, it's... Ray, um, you know dawn's coming, but the thing is, once you know dawn's coming, you can be confident it's just going to get brighter and brighter. Is that right? You know, it's not like we're going to go back into dark. Oh, this is a bit gray. Are we ever going to get today? Yes, as long as dawn's come, you know you're going to get today. It's like that. And Greta and I see dawn is broken over the church worldwide. 
There's something happening. Now, once dawn comes, it just shines brighter and brighter until full day, which is noon. Noon is the time where the sun is brightest in the sky, highest in the sky, and at different times of the year, hottest in the sky. Noon is also the time where the sun is due north. So if you go out at 12 o'clock, look at where the sun is, that's due north. I reckon a lot of us have lost sight of due north in the COVID thing that we've been through. People have lost their bearings. People are, some have spun out, not knowing what they're meant to be doing, where they're going. They've kind of gone into a wilderness. But I believe in this next season, God is restoring clarity. He's restoring direction. He's going to give us a picture of the sun again, and we're going to know where north is. See, if you know where north is, you can travel any direction, 360 degrees, because you can take a bearing and go in that, at that angle. Noon is also represents the pinnacle of our life's journey. That's like you, you hit the peak of what God's put you on planet Earth to do. I was reading something by Nicky Gumbel, uh, the, you know, the, um, the guy that wrote the Alpha Course. He said, in his opinion, the most fruitful time in any person's life is in their 60s and their 70s. So all those who are in their 60s and 70s, be encouraged and over. And all you younger ones, well, you're heading there. (laughs) You're heading there. I I, I agree with that. (laughs) I'm sure it goes downwards too, but... um... So, it's the time where you start hitting the sweet spot of your life. And if you've been following the Lord Jesus and letting his light increase more brightly upon you, you'll find that in your vocation, your career, your business, your job, your ministry, your life, your marriage, your personal walk, if you've been following the Lord and just feeding off him, you'll find that God will progressively let you come to a place where you hit a sweet spot in life where it's good. Not without trouble, but it's good. And the thing is, it's usually trouble and trial that gets you there. So don't despise that. You know, look, if it's trouble and trial, the devil's called, it's rebuke it. But sometimes God just lets us go through stuff and we just have to come out the other side. But he will transform every valley of trouble into a gateway of hope, every valley of the shadow of death into a place of feasting. North also ultimately represents the return of Jesus. And when Jesus comes back, guess what happens? You and I get raised from the dead. If, we, if we've passed on or if you're alive, when he comes back, your body gets changed. And we get bodies that are going to be immortal, sinless, perfect, youthful. They'll never grow tired. They'll never get sick. They'll never die. They'll never, there'll be no wrinkles. There'll be no flab. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're going to look amazing in the resurrection. Now, husbands, you might have failed the test there. How many husbands said, honey, you couldn't look any better than you do now? Did any husbands do that? Any? Ah, there's a couple in the back row. We salute you, you romantic heroes. <laughs> what, what, Tom? You succeeded? Oh, okay. He's not brave enough. Okay. Oh, Jesus, just cast the spirit of fear out of him. <laughs> No, it's not fair, Tom. It's being wise, man. It's being wise. So you get this resurrection body. Jesus comes back. He creates a new earth. I'm fast-forwarding through tribulation, raptures, all that stuff to the end of the book. God creates a new earth. 
heaven, his heavenly city, comes down upon this earth. It's about as big, the city is about as big as the landmass of Australia. It becomes the headquarters of this new universe, this new earth. God has had judgment day. The wicked are cast into hell. Satan and his demons are cast into hell. The only people allowed into that new earth are those that have had faith in Jesus, who are declared righteous, whose sins are forgiven, who've hung on in the tough times and never let go of Christ, who've endured to the very end. Paul said, I fought a good fight. I have run the race. I have crossed the finish line. I've held on to Jesus through thick and thin. And God's reward for you is welcome into my new universe with your new resurrection body. You'll you'll be able to explore this new eternity that God has created for you. Kingdom of God will be finally upon the earth. That's where you and I are headed, folks. So why would you throw away your confidence in God? Because you hit a a road bump in this life. Why, why would we throw away faith in Jesus just because things don't go our way? I've got a chapter in the book on how to deal with unanswered prayer. Some people don't deal with it. They get all offended and walk away from God and they miss out on the glorious destiny that they God has created for them. And what I've just preached there is the gospel of the kingdom. Because you see, the gospel of salvation is good, but that's not the ultimate story. It's the gospel of the kingdom we need to be telling people. There's a new world coming. And the only way you get into it is through the gospel of salvation. Our sins be forgiven. And I better move on and bring this to an end. So can we have our scripture back up on the screen? The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter till full day. God has a destiny for us. Wow. You know, Greta and I live in the hope of that day. We want to be, we want to see Ron and Jane again. Glad there's no marriage in heaven. It'd be very tricky for the four of us to be together. Uh, that, that, that would be difficult, but Jesus, no marriage in heaven. We're kind of, it's all, it's beyond marriage. It's the love is incredible. Uh, We've had visions of heaven. It's amazing. Now, I started to prepare this word in mid-December. And so, um, you know, Greta's getting awake in the dawn and increasing light. And I'm getting dawn is coming. And I get a prophetic bulletin from a prophet in America called Rick Joyner. And he sends out these prophetic bulletins every week. And I took note of the first one for January this year. Like, so it was the first one for the new year. And we've got a screenshot of what he wrote coming up. And he calls it increasing light, and he uses Proverbs 4.18. The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter till full day. But the way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. And that's kind of where the world is at right now. The more the world moves away from Judeo-Christian foundations, the more they're going to stumble in darkness. But God is looking for his church to rise up and love a lost world and let his light reflect off us to a world in increasing darkness. As Greta said, we need to be dawn carriers to those who are in the night who don't know God. Say, oh, but I'm too nervous to share my faith with others. Well, just love them and do good to them. Earn the respect to speak. Pray for them, and you'll find God will start giving opportunity. Now, the Bible says in the mouths of two or three, let something be established. So, awaken the dawn. Dawn is coming, and the scripture, Rick Joyner. So, that tells me this is a word from God. We're not saying it's the only thing, because we all prophesy in part, but this is a word. So, what are we going to do? Are we going to go home today saying, that's nice, that's an encouraging message, yay, and forget it, or are you going to take that scripture, memorize it, write it out, 
Put it on your fridge. Put it on your phone and begin to declare over your life, Lord, I am believing that's a word from heaven and I'm going to declare over my life, my marriage, my business, my family, my kids, my grandkids, whoever, whoever, that our path this year is like the light of dawn which shines brighter and brighter. I'm declaring and praying and interceding for New Zealand. We're not going to keep going down into greater darkness, but Lord, let there be a turnaround. Let there be increasing light. The path of the righteous and there's a lot of people not yet righteous, but we pray that righteousness would exalt this nation. We need to be awakened. Folks, your life is not going backwards. You're not destined to go back into darkness. Your life has a destiny on it built in. Brighter and brighter is what the Lord says over you today. Brighter and brighter. And if you come into alignment with what heaven is saying, and if you begin to declare, Lord, my, my life is going to be brighter and brighter, guess what? God will start to do it. Charles Spurgeon says, faith walks up the stairs that love built and looks out the window that hope opened. The father built the stairway. His name is Jesus, and he died on the cross. Faith walks up that stairway and walks toward the window called hope, throws it open and looks at the sunrise of a new day. I reckon the devil's tried to keep a bunch of us at the bottom of the stairs these last few years. And I think it's time for many of us to take a walk up the stairs again and go toward that window and throw it open. Say, God, thank you. I'm seeing the dawn of a new day in my life, in my kids, in my family, and whatever. And pray that into being. 